Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. thing about august ending and september starting is that you really know what the playoff picture looks like and i think the mlb standings for fantasy strategizing are really in an interesting place right now today i completely agree with that i mean for selfishly for my own purposes daniel murphy switched teams last week and that was yeah that was alarming <laughs> like wait a second right it's alarming a little bit exciting because you're like, ooh, better team. All of a sudden, that, that infield just completely switched over. There was a total change. And things like that can happen when you're talking about playoff races. Absolutely. And I think the bigger thing, that the big note that I want to have, especially this year, is it seems clear who's going for it and who's not. And there are only a couple of teams that are really just like the unfettered spoilers a la the twins <laughs> just like you know what screw it we can we want to win games fine we're at 500 anyways might as win a couple games yeah the twins are are living out that no man's land dream uh yeah too bad to win and too stupid to lose <laughs> yes i think that's exactly right i mean you have like you have like the clear loser teams and it's sad because they're kind of the regular clear loser teams with the exception of the Orioles, I mean, you've got the the Marlins, the Reds, and the Padres bringing up the end, of, bringing up the bottom of the NL standings. It feels just like grade school. I know it really does. Uh, the AL West is pretty interesting. The AL West is a is really interesting, and from a fantasy matchup standpoint, I would say. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that just the news just came across: the Astros are surging, and I think that helped them decide to just sit Lance McCullers for the rest of the year. Who yeah. knew he was going to be hurt for a large period of the season? Did anybody guess that? I'll see if I can dig up something about you complaining about that early on. <laughs> I feel like there's, I feel like there's a board bet on that as well. That uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> the uh, it you know it's it's mentally though I have a hard time recalibrating that the Athletics are good. We don't don't recalibrate for too long because it'll just be they'll be out of the playoffs and then either they'll miss the playoffs or they will lose in the first round of the playoffs. Well, I mean, whoever wins that is playing the Red Sox or the Yankees, right? Right. And as of I mean, as of two weeks ago, I would have said that there was no chance that it wasn't going to be the Yankees. But what's going on with the Red Sox? I know they are swooning hard. I actually followed those. I. I need uh, Kimbrel to get me saves, and he's <laughs> just not having the opportunities. Yeah, effing Devil Rays. It's they. I mean, they are the unfettered spoiler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they think that they could still. I mean, they're dumb enough. They're like management is smart enough, <laughs> but their team is probably dumb enough to be like, we can do it. They're they're just angry because they're you know playing well over five hundred ball when they had no right to and they have no chance to make the playoffs. They are what are they eight and a half games back? Yeah, 
Yeah, they would have, something miraculous would have to happen, like sweeping the Red Sox. <laughs> I mean, as yeah. long as they sweep the Yankees too again. I mean, you need that be, miracle. Yeah, good point. They just have to return return the favor. The NL is much more confusing. But again, September to me means that you have all these these call ups that are relevant on some level, that too. but really hard to know what to do with and on a fantasy level. Yeah, exactly. This is when it's good for your um, for the young players who are in AAA or AA toiling to be associated with teams that are trying to throw the kitchen sink at a playoff spot. All right, this week on the pod, it is our final formal installation of Algorithm Club. Not sure where we're going after this, but for now, we're going to talk about artificial neural networks. So in the first half, we're going to introduce the concept, talk a little bit about our applications, and then we're going to spend the second half explaining that things didn't quite work out and looking at some options for the future. So here we go. I don't know about you, but this seemed like a really good idea on paper. I hear people talk about neural networks all the time, but then the minute I started to try and delve into it, it turned out to be completely amorphous. I really dislike the kind of the statistic stuff or even just really advanced um, teaching where they start with something that's really, really basic. (laughs) And then just all of a sudden there's just this like point where it's like, what the heck? I mean, they, you know, artificial neural networks, the idea is that it's modeled on the way that a brain works, um, neurons and, um, what all that stuff. We're not brain scientists. We're not brain scientists. That's absolutely, we've got a, uh, an astrophysicist and we've got a geographer. We brains, whatever. But so it always, you always have this like huge paragraph of whenever you're talking about or reading about neural networks that talks about the brain in like various ways. And then all of a sudden you get to this like really, really advanced quirky (laughs) um, description of how artificial neural nets. I really thought that we would, we would fire this up. I mean, we, the goal of this club was to do not a lot of reading in advance of selecting the algorithms and think, pick things that sounded, pick ones that sounded interesting. And, it, mm-hmm. and I thought we were going to fire this up. There was going to be one clear algorithm. We were just going to go, we were going to do it. It is not, that is not the case at all. There are several implementations and roughly 1 million different explanations for it. I feel like I yep. read, I feel like I read five in pretty good depth and they all s- described it differently. Do you want to try to describe describe your sense of it so we can kind of go from there? I would love to try. <laughs> okay, I go, think, for, go for it. I, so to me, the at the basic level, what you, you do is you you have an input that goes in and then there's people pretty commonly refer to the hidden layer. And there's some yep. hidden layer of neurons that go and try and make connections between all of the different inputs or and all of the different vectors vectors in the inputs. And then they try and redu- do some sort of basic dimensional reduction under the hood as well and produce an output that you can use to make predictions. And people right. refer to some of these things as 
um, as biases. So the input goes in and there's a bias that figures this out and then there's an activation function and the activation function is what turns it all into the output. But what it, what it really has to do is that it all says that there's inputs, there's outputs, and there's some black box in the middle. One of the things that I think, two of the things that I really think about, um, number one, this is non-linear. Oh. It's a, one of the biggest yeah. things about yes. artificial neural networks. And if you don't understand, we have been, we talk about linear regression all the time. So this is sort of different for us. So with oh. a linear regression, it's just, you know, Y is a function of X. So however, however, X increases, Y increases or decreases, you know, that's the just general sense of it here. You know, linear regressions get more complicated when it's not just X, it's, it's um, K, it's M, it's all these other different vectors. With an artificial neural network, the idea is that instead of as X increases, Y increases or decreases, you know, X will get to a certain point and then it'll change from going the weight uh, associated with X will change. It'll go from, you know, it'll go from a certain value to a different value. And that's just really wild to think about. That's just really wild to think. People who read books, you know, you read one page, then you read the next page, then you read the next page. It's not like, okay, you read one chapter and then you read 10 chapters later in reverse <laughs> is kind of like the way that I think about That's it. That's an excellent analogy. You're, you're absolutely right. We are so, I, part of the reason that this, I find this algorithm so complex is because of that, the nonlinearity, because I want to think about everything in a linear in a, in a linear way. And part of the goal behind selecting this algorithm for algorithm club was to find something nonlinear to stretch ourselves right. and, and try and do that. It just shows us that we're not ready. <laughs> one of the quotes that I grabbed from one of the tutorials that I did, and this was like, basically this is what I found the most useful. The di the downside, however, to using a multi-layer perceptron model is how difficult it is to interpret the model itself. Yes. <laughs> the weights and biases won't be easily interpretable in relation to which features are important to the model itself, which is very true. That's one of the really hard parts. This is like, this doesn't go very well on a piece of paper. You don't have an R squared. You don't have like, you don't have coefficients. You don't, I mean, you sort of have, um, you have what F F scores, F1 scores, but geez, it's, this is one that we should have spent more time on, Mike, apparently. I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't fault, I agree, but I don't fault us for not knowing in advance that this is how this was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we just didn't, we just didn't have any idea. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know the most basic thing, which was that if you fire up scikit-learn and look at the tools, which is pretty much where we've been drawing most of our algorithms from, you have mm -hmm. to decide between supervised and unsupervised right off the bat. Which is, I assume, I thought that they were all supervised. I thought so too. I was completely unequipped to deal with the anything unsupervised. And so I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> supervised versus unsupervised means um, creating a training set from the data versus not. Yes. I historically have had lots of trouble building training sets in general, so I would love to use Same. an unsupervised model. But... Totally. 
I, it's it's it sounds so sexy that I, I'm not going to go that direction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's that's on my wish list is learn any sort of unsupervised model. Mm-hmm. But so the multilayer perceptron is a supervised model where you you do have to provide some sort of training set. Maybe that's part of where my application fell down is that I have a hard time picking a good training set. It's. I think that that's really hard, especially when we've been doing. Yeah, we're we're not used to doing the training set route, and that's sort of where my random forest example fell down. Hmm. Well, you need to the training sets, so maybe that's goal for season two. I mean, season <laughs> season three. Wow, no, it's too late. In season two. We do need supervision right now. <laughs> we need supervision, and that's really hard. We chafe at supervision. We do. I think we both we both kind of tried to work through the multi-layer perceptron mm-hmm. in, in yep. SKLearn, which which is a pretty, as far as the algorithms go, it's probably the best uh, documented one out there in SKLearn, in scikit-learn. Um, and to get started on it is fairly trivial, but mm-hmm. I know, I don't know if you had this experience, but I set it up, you know, it's just from SKLearn neural network import MLP classifier, boom, good. Nice. And then you you fire it up, and it just gives you this huge number of parameters that it set under the hood for you. Yeah, let's see. Alpha, batch size, beta 2, early stopping, epsilon. Oh, God, as soon as there's a Greek letter, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, all of this, just like, you could tinker with all of these, and I frankly was completely unequipped to touch any of them and i couldn't find any documentation that gave me a good sense of how to jump off on this i i agree it, it started to be a lot of these methods that we've been looking at there's people are hacking at them yes pretty well you know and um it's pretty easy to this is one of those cases where google was like do you want to look at scholarly articles you should probably look at scholarly articles here are a couple <laughs> scholarly articles why don't you maybe maybe you should take a look at these before you go any deeper <laughs> some of the boilerplate things we have to try and spice up every once in a while so here's eric's take on the intros and outros i feel like that was a little soft rocky soft rock radio is that your dream is that your like your perception of yourself um the intros and outros yeah a little bit some sort of mix between Soft Rock Station and uh, Troy McClure. So, <laughs> hi, I'm Troy McClure. And then as well, it's like, hi, this is the Quiet Thunder coming to you a little bit after the uh, afternoon rush hour. All right, so let's talk about what we actually tried to do. And I think part of this is going to circle back to maybe we are not great at identifying the types of problems that we want to throw at a neural network. Okay. The problem that I tried to tackle was I thought of, I thought of a simple one, which was that, and it's something that I've thought about periodically with a bunch of different algorithms. I want to identify home run hitters by their peripherals. So I want to be able to look at a bunch of other stats and say something about, is this a player that we actually expect to hit home runs? Okay. And I think that it should be a pretty simple thing 
and it clearly depends on a number of factors. I mean, there's a number of things that you know it depends on by eye. I mean, there <laughs> it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see Billy Hamilton play baseball and know that he's not going to hit a lot of home runs. Right, versus what was the, what was that kid in Little League? Big Al yeah, or something. Big Al, exactly. And so so it doesn't, you know, it's not an expert to, f- to figure those things out. So how do we give a model the the correct things to identify that and do the sort of training that we're doing in our heads that tells us when we look at guys whether they're a home run hitter or not. Mm-hmm. So what I actually did was I just used I tried to use the basic data. My goal was to not have to not have to go in much more depth and and really go hunting on this. Um, I just wanted to use the number of plate appearances, the number of Singles, doubles, triples, walks, strikeouts, and then stolen bases because I always like to try and see if a model can handle one that I suspect is anti-correlated. And so what this means is that I had I have se- I had seven features in in this. So every time you add another um, vector to this, it's it's commonly referred to as a feature. And so what I did is I took the the whole set of batters from 2017 and looked at those stats and tried to correlate those using the the perceptron with home runs. Now the model happily will do this for you. It has no problem ingesting all of this data and finding some sort of model. It'll create all of these hidden layers. It doesn't run into any. It doesn't run into any barriers. You know, there's there's the max iteration. We're just gonna keep going, dude. Set, just gonna keep and it's going. just like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. How many layers do you want? I'll go for it. It comes out just fine. It gives me an answer. And then I let it loose on the 2018 data, and all it ended up saying was basically guys were either gonna hit zero home runs or they were gonna hit 50 home runs. I was like, oh, that's good. Well, this isn't exactly there. what I was looking for. I was looking for something... I, this sounds very familiar. <laughs> I was looking for something a little bit more precise, but mm-hmm. once I looked at... When, when I actually looked at the guys that it identified, it actually turned out something that was a, a relatively reasonable binary classification. So the guys that it thinks are going to hit 50 home runs are the guy. There, there are names on this list that I look at it and I think, okay, that's actually a home run hitter. Um, or I can come up with a reason that they should be hitting more home runs than they are. Uh, and so to me, this wasn't a, a total waste of time. I've got some of the guys, but I obviously need to do better than zero or 50 home runs. Yes. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that that's a good place to stop. Oh, why don't we jump into what I was trying okay, to do? Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> because it's sort of similar. I mean, what what's the opposite of a home run? A strikeout? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was trying to use this for my capitching. Um, try to continue the capitching piece of it. And, um, you know, I ran into a very similar thing where I, you know, I I got my data all prepared, got it scraped. Um, plopped it in was like okay xfip fip um wait whip era duh um fip xfip babip um i wanted to throw those guys go throw those guys in there and um as well as k's um and this is where i didn't really know 
whether to use Ks or not use Ks within the model. Huh. Interesting. What'd you settle on? Using Ks. <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh, I, I needed to get to like strike percent and stuff and I just couldn't quite get, I wanted like strike, uh, strike percent, but I couldn't. Oh, I see. Yeah. Anyways, that would have been more, that would have been better. But what I, I threw it in the model, what I found first was, you know who jumps up a lot? good relief pitchers oh right and so yeah. i was like okay well screw this this is not getting where i need to go um so then i put it to just starting p- pitchers and okay. um appearance game started equals games played and then i found what, what you found which was you know who's a really good strikeout pitcher max scherzer <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, there. Justin Verlander, Chris Sale. These, who knew? Hold the phone. <laughs> Hold the phone. I got it. We <laughs> got this, Mike. We answered the question. And I, it was, and I tried to tune it, and I couldn't do much to get it. Um, to get it, to get it past, like, duh, these are all really good um, strikeout pitchers. I mean, sometimes guys jumped in and out who were, around the like rick porcello range Hmm. and i i wasn't this is where you know like we were saying you just need to have a little bit more on the documentation to figure out how to move the needles in this artificial neural net (sighs) yeah to get a point like i want to know guys like i don't want to know whether you i mean i do kind of want to know whether you think rick porcello is legit or not legit but, I mean, I'm really more interested in figuring out, separating Tanner Roark from Lance Lynn. That's yes. what this is yes. all about. Yep. I completely agree. I mean, that was that was what my stuff ended up showing me, too. Like, I don't need to know that Joey Votto is underperforming this year on home runs. Like, yeah, I, I, can, yeah. I can see that. I can see. I got it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I know that Daniel Murphy has been injured for a bunch of the year, and that's why he doesn't have home runs. Like, I, I get it. But I want to know, like, what Malik Smith actually turned up a bunch of home runs in 2017. What was going on there? Like, is there anything? Yeah, why? Is there anything to believe? Um, no. And the same. I mean, but the same thing is true. Like for guys that came up and were hot, like Ben Gamble. You know, these mm-hmm. are these are guys that we yeah. never talk about. And like, is Adam Engel legit? <laughs> like he's he's crushing home runs, but is is that real? Should we believe it? Um, Right, Steve Pierce. If Steve Pierce had more time, would he actually be a a player that would be interesting to own fantasy? Yeah, and so we have yeah. a lot of interesting. I mean, I think that we've actually done a decent job of identifying identifying the types of problems that we wish we could solve. <laughs> yeah, uh, and now it's just actually maybe maybe this is something where we shouldn't give up on on the machinery, and we really should try and figure out how to make it work better for us. Yeah, I think I think so as well. Are right, you about ready to wrap this sucker up? I am ready to wrap this up, and it means that we get to talk about just straight up dividing our attention. It's fantasy based fantasy football drafting season. It it is. How many have you done so far? Only one. I've done two. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I forgot that I had one, so I auto drafted. And I'm not excited about the auto draft. I didn't even like set the like auto draft parameters before. It. Fantasy foot, but fantasy football. I haven't. I couldn't man. do worse than the last couple of years in that league. Boy, so. I've not been doing well. But fantasy football is like the auto draft 
does not it, it's just it does not give you what you want like i don't know who it's no. i'm not sure who it's set for but i don't think i've ever talked to someone who it it actually worked for them even though every time i talk to somebody they have a totally different perception of player values than i do I know that's what's really hard is is the guys who are like you like agree on like the top ten. Sure. It's like okay, well he thinks that you know Saquon Barkley you think is like number ten, I think he's number five or whatever. You know all those like random things. I, the, these opinions do not match what I actually think. But then you get into the like the guys like the stay away guys in the middle rounds. It's like. And it's funny when you're watching your league, like, oof, Jarvis Landry is just (laughs) dropping. (laughs) Yeah, more so than in fantasy baseball, I feel like the the uh, the value range. There are more personal opinions. There are more personal opinions on these players, like Joe Mixon. Uh, Yeah, he drops for non-football related reasons. I don't think that it's I don't think that it's necessarily bad that that people have personal opinions as opposed to fantasy baseball where I feel like if you have personal opinions and you can't back it up like that's not that's not good. You have a large enough sample in fantasy baseball where it's like, you know, if you don't really have an opinion then I, I don't understand. Whereas like in fantasy football, it's like if you don't like a guy because you think that he is a bad guy, you know, he might miss a quarter of the yeah. season for doing something dumb in the middle oh, of the that's season. So, so true. It's totally, it's totally understandable to not want to play that guy. I think that about brings us to the review session. Casino Royale. I don't want to just start at the same point that I start at what I feel like is every week, but again, this movie was simultaneously better and worse than I remember it being. <laughs> by and large better mostly better than i remember it being really happy to watch this just a total romp for me for the most part i think that it was of the movies with a lot of blood and killing and stuff i think this was the most like watchable at any time you know i was reminded of that it's like oh you know it's it's like james bond violence you almost like don't it's like really a dance when he murders a guy. Yeah, like he, he stabs the guy in the body worlds, and you're just like, oh, he's dead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to move on. Yeah. <laughs> I, but the one thing that I was hyper attuned to this time was just how spoofable the cinematography is. Like, there were so many face cuts, like face to face to face, just reaction, like back and forth, back and forth. Like, okay, how much shorter could we make the movie if those were all cut in half i know if that was an hour and a half movie wow that would have been like (laughs) that i would have liked that a lot the thing that i the thing that maybe we're a little biased in is that this we have to you have to approach this as the first time that you're introduced to daniel craig as james bond so we come into this with all this baggage of all of the other movies that he's been in and we know what happens no but at the same time at the same time there's so many of those scenes where i was like Yep, this is introducing <laughs> that this is this is the new James Bond. It's funny. We've done that. This is twice that we've done a new James Bond. Yes. Who's like a yes. restart of the franchise. All right, Michael, what are we going to do next week? It's still the end of summer. It's before Labor Day, which means that I want to get in one more blockbuster. Are you on board with this? Okay. 
Yeah. It's time for this one. Oh boy. Inception. Okay. Yeah. This I feel like I feel like I need to watch Inception before Labor Day. You know, blockbuster. Like gotta gotta just cover that base. And then we can go to some of the more off the wall fantasies. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're still luck to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too. Yeah.